we have re, you know, provided the five-day notice. Parents should be making arrangements, um, and we will be proceeding. But that doesn't mean we're not going to try and get a deal before that happens. That's more from QP's Laura Walton. And she is saying, if you're a parent, buckle up this Friday because there is a chance, it is a growing chance, that your son or daughter might not be attending school on Friday, maybe even into the next week. Uh, we're going to be joined right now by Kelly Harris, principal at Harris Public Affairs. I'd also like to open up the phone lines to you at 416-870-6400. That is 416-870-6400 or toll free at one 225 talk um, Kelly, I hope you're open to the conversation in case we get some calls. But first and foremost, good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. As a former PR guy myself, uh, the only thing that I can think of here, lowest common denominator, is there is no winner in this situation, is there? Well, no. We, um, you know, we can all insert the line that everyone uses. We know the real winner is the children. But, you know... I've been thinking about this all day, and and I'm sure you've you've covered a, a ton of educational strife in Ontario, and I've been I've been around for a lot of it myself, and it's governments of all stripes and the whole bit. And I started thinking about something today. There's an old saying that you know you may wake up and you might meet a jerk first thing in the morning, but if you're meeting a jerk all day, perhaps it's you. So has anybody actually thought about maybe QP is just not a very good union? Well, I can tell you the pressure is on them because the optics of this move at this time, considering what everybody's been through in the last couple of years, is not optimal. No, it's terrible. It's terrible optics. And the job of unions is, is to get collective agreements for their membership. And their membership wanted 11%. And they're walking into the boss's office and saying, I want 11%. They're saying, yeah, we'll, we'll give you two and a half. How, how are they that distant apart? Where do they not talk? To, did they not talk to each other for the last two years? Did they just take the two years of COVID off of having any discussions with each other? Uh, I, I don't understand it. It's kind of like the frustration driving around Toronto and half the city's torn up. And it's like, why didn't you fix these roads during COVID? <laughs> why didn't they come up with these ideas, ways to not have labor strife? Well, we're sitting around not doing anything for two years. Yeah, you know, it's the old adage, well, I'll work just as hard for you when I'm at home. And you know that you never do because all of a sudden, you know, the game's on or the, you know, the refrigerator doors open, what have you. Not to say that that happened in this instance, but, you know, Kelly, you've worked in British Columbia, you've worked in Alberta. What makes the Ford administration so unique in situations like this? Well, I don't know that they're all that unique. I mean, they, this is this is strife that happens across the country. The one thing that the Ford administration really is doing this time, though, is they're basically saying, if the strike's on the table, we're just not going to talk to you. And it, it does change the tenor of the conversation. I do know that in back in my day in British Columbia, we, we found other ways to get bargaining agreements. One time... Uh, Gordon Campbell and, and the team that I was part of, they put up, uh, I believe, just over a billion dollars on the table and said, we'll give bonuses to all of the members who sign collective agreements. <laughs> and uh, you know that what? Works. Collective agreements came flying in when <laughs> yeah, you actually put the money on the table. And in this case, you know, I, I feel really bad for the, 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 the support workers and such like that. They're, a needed, they're incredibly needed in our schools. And we, we need, and everybody knows that, 
I'd like to see them get the money. I'd like to see everybody get paid better. I mean, how many industries are suffering for lack of employees right now because they just don't want to pay properly? I mean, the airlines figured that out over the summer real easily. But and 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 that's what that's where I'm at. But I'm really at a at a loss when I see a union that just continually is banging their head against the wall. Is there no Honestly, I I really want somebody to tell me whether or not this union is any good. I I remember in BC the one union that we always seem to have problems with was the the ferry workers unions, and they were not a good union, and, and, and it was quite 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 prevalent. And then I remember them they they threatened to strike, and the I believe it was the Vancouver Sun and the Vancouver Province they were they were writing disparaging comments about the union leadership. Has anybody looked at the union leadership in these cases and said, are, are these guys really, are they doing, are they working for their, for the teachers and the, and the support workers? Are they getting their money's worth? Cause they pay them. Well, one text that came in says QP has brought us to the realization that the whole system must be uprooted and unions limited severely. Maybe now is the time. Services outsourced, privatized, and only teachers and EAs left in the unionized group. Uh, thoughts on that text? Well, that's that's been a theory on a lot of things for a lot of years. Um, it, it, hospitals, for one thing. Why 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 does every single person in the hospital need to be part of the union? Why not this to doctors and nurses? And then let competitive rates for other things. It, it, same thing with 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 schools, but they're unionized workplaces, and they don't want anybody who isn't unionized in there. It's, this is a, this is a lockdown, and unless a government is willing and has the courage to say, okay, let's take a completely different look at this arrangement, it's never going to happen. Would you have used or advised the notwithstanding clause, or would you said let's try to avoid that at all at all costs optically? Optically, yeah, but are they using it or are they just saber rattling? That's the question I have. Uh, I know that in the previous two occasions, uh, Premier Ford had mentioned the notwithstanding clause. It was more saber rattling. If you remember the municipal act changes and such, um, I don't think that the framers and it's funny to call them the framers because i was alive while they were framing it but i don't think they ever intended the notwithstanding clause to be used in this way but i don't think they intended it to be used in the way that quebec has recently used it either so i'm uncomfortable with its use in this case um and i i, I am really uncomfortable with its use in this case and i don't know that i would have advised that i would i wouldn't stay away from that that's that's attention you, you're and as is from the PR perspective, you never interrupt your enemy in the midst of them making a mistake. QP's making a mistake by threatening a strike. Don't step into the fray and, and, and take the criticism onto yourself. It's, I, just don't, I don't think that was a very good idea. It's a really good point. It's a really good angle of looking at that. Kelly, I wish we had more time. I think your insight's fantastic, but uh, please stop by again, okay? Thank you very much. I'd love to be back on. We'll have you soon. Kelly Harris, principal at Harris Public Affairs. Um, I'm Rob Fay, and you're listening to On Point. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.